Saw a post happen. on Tumblr about it the other day. It's like, hey, you know, it's that moment in childhood where you find out about spontaneous human combustion and spend the next six years worrying that it's going to happen to you. I'm like, that's not relatable to me. I have an anxiety <laughs> disorder. Yeah, I definitely found out about it. I did not think it could happen to me. No. <laughs> Your life has been like a prison, a prison of moments where I'm in the theater. Is this where it happens? Right. In, in the middle of fucking Ang Lee's Hulk, I'm going to explode like Goku. <laughs> I know that's not what you said, but I heard in the middle of Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I mean... I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, you know... It, if that's where you are, you know, heaven help you. But yeah, oof, that would be a fate worse than death. Uh, hello, I'm Michelle Perez. Uh, as of this moment, this is the Working On It podcast. We're going to open yeah. today by talking about a little bit of uh, of uh, news. Housekeeping, working on as it, it were. Front. Yeah, housekeeping. So there is a similar podcast titled... Uh, Jake, you want to help me out here? Yes. Okay, here we go, folks. Um, sometime around New Year's or New Year's Eve, I was on Twitter... Mm-hmm. And I genuinely do not remember how I found this. Oh, someone actually tweeted at us. Someone actually yeah, someone, was grateful enough. Yeah, someone was grateful enough to add our Twitter account, which is a uh, little foolishly not working on it, Pod. Um, I do remember meaning to change that at the very beginning of the uh, podcast process, but it's a little too late now. And uh-huh. Megan Trainer, she of, uh, oh no, what were her songs called? All about that bass. Yes, she of all about that bass and uh, other an, hits. An anthem, anthem for thick girls. Yeah, yes, pro thick girl Megan Trainer, pro pog as Michelle put it, mm-hmm. has uh, essentially uh, it's not the podcast deep. title, folks. It, yeah. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say that in an accusatory way. I'm just saying. Facts were stated later, later than ours. That's true. Facts <laughs> were stated, uh, but yes, it is worth noting again. Jake, what was that? Started later than ours. Yes, there is uh, working on it with Megan Trainer and her brother Ryan Trainer. First episode happened on August twenty third of two thousand twenty one. So just a little bit more than a year after us. Yeah. Um, folks. Folks. Yeah. The theoretical listener. I if, mean, if you started ever listening to a working on it podcast, the odds would be that you would have listened to ours first. Just saying. That's right. We're, we're just saying. And we're just, not for we're nothing. Just saying, folks. At this moment in time, mm-hmm. uh, leading them by about 100 Twitter followers, a little less than 100 Twitter followers. Folks, folks, so, the theoretical listeners. Whoever you might be out there, you've already taken part in history. <laughs> you were they here said first. it couldn't be done. They said it could be us. done. A, yeah. a, a podcast about DIY creation uh, hosted by a defunct hyper-canceled trans woman and all of her friends. We're destroying all about that base. As <laughs> the uh, 
I've, I've defeated many enemies. It brings me no joy to defeat pogs in single combat, but we had to do it to them. Uh, beyond that, we are thinking of in earnest changing our name just so no confusion. We have our own distinct identity and uh, we're of two minds on this. I have a name, which we won't really say right now, that yeah, pretty much everyone unanimously... We won't get into the specifics. We won't get into that. We won't get into the specifics, but uh, I don't know. Should we talk about the, Here. the idea, as mm, it were? I'll just put it this way. I'll put it this way for listeners. Okay. Uh, we're very thankful that you've been listening to us and keep an ear out in the future for a potential uh, name change. Nothing else about the show in its current format would change at all. Yeah. Um, we're looking into uh, how to navigate the Megan Trainer names name borrowing situation let's say right now yeah and uh and in the coming weeks we will have some movement on that we're but, just uh, helping out smaller podcasts yeah you what know? you the listener Listen. need to know right i i we, will say that you know it, it's not just that she's a celebrity because as, as i explained to my colleagues prior to us hitting record i've never been successfully sued for anything despite saying some sure. real shit on the internet some real shit in my time uh so, you know, I, normally I would stand and fight, but Megan Trainer in this case, she's got a slam dunk. She has the prior art. Uh, two years prior to this, uh, she did, in fact, release a song called Working On It. That's so, right. Yeah, that's so a good she, point. Uh, we didn't bring that up. probably has that. That is a slam dunk in terms of trademark. We would be thrown out of court yeah. primarily. So. M- Megan, we must tip our hat to you in that regard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's got it. It's, every, it's all, it's valid. It's, it's very yeah. it's very valid and uh one battle one one very battle glad off. that we're very glad that we were the only working on it podcast for just a little while yeah and now we are one of two and uh no one ever wants their podcast to be the same name as another podcast so we might be moving forward in a different way in the future basically that's all bullshit I, 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 um, hey, here's you and me both Ruben. you and me both here's 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 something that i am uh really just cutting it as a segue because I'm, I'm on the page for Megan Trainer's pod, podcast. Okay. Um, uh, admittedly, they have, a, they have a naming theme. Their naming theme is working on things. doesn't quite work with ours. So working on fatherhood, working on Halloween, etc. That's the naming emphasis. They uh, have an episode and I just, I was stunned by the episode description. It says, Megan and Ryan are joined yet again by Megan's amazing manager, Tommy Bruce. First sentence, fine. Tommy and the, oh wait, yet again, sorry, this is a different one. Basically, that guy, mm-hmm. Tommy, acts as the sibling's therapist. Their manager is their therapist. That's you, Jake. Does that seem oh, okay no! to That's, We're in the same... No! Does that seem okay this is, to anybody? This is bullshit. This Fuck is this. supreme bullshit. No, 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 I already... Ruben, you talked about this in the Dobrik episode. He's Dobricking us. Where is he? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not Holy shit. Anybody. Oh, no. I'm actually, I'm actually like just. I listen. I may be hoisted by my own petard here because I didn't expect that. Jake, uh, what were the two podcasts that you said were before us? What happened to them? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? To, where are they? Are you ewing me? Are you ewing me right now? I'm not ewing anyone. I'm genuinely worried about these children. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, Yikes. that's not. There's, there's ethics, I've just, right? I've Isn't never seen not... a. Yeah. 
I think acts as the siblings therapist means is not a licensed therapist in any way. Okay. Um, and is probably just a yeah, manager is that, like, that a has counselor? gotten really personal. No, still, I mean, there's... Still arguably not ethical. That's just a stunning... That's To me, that's just a stunning one-two punch of a sentence. Their incredible manager, Tommy Bruce. Tommy acts as the siblings therapist. Like, that, isn't that just... <laughs> talk about a conflict of interest. Whew. Man. Well, hey, that's the decisions they make. We can't yeah. be held to account yeah, for listen. their decision-making. This is I, no smoke. I really just that's pretty to get fucking that out of weird. my head because I thought that was way too weird not to mention. But that's all we have to say about the Megan Trainer working on it podcast as of this moment. Yeah, that was the most undiplomatic series of words I've ever heard, Jake. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, in terms of words, lately, I think if you've been online, I, I have my Twitter back. Uh, it seems like lately misinformation slash disinformation are mm, becoming less legible by the day it's very hard to suss out uh like informative like non-partisan info like it's very difficult now especially with the culture war issue that is covid uh Today, Eliza is going to kind of cut through that morass, that annoyingness, and get you the legit actual information you need to know, i.e. safety as it relates to some of this stuff. Uh, I do think it's good to, like, be proactive in living your life and, like, taking care of your health. Uh, and so that's all we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, it's it's clear at this point in the year, especially in 2022, that none of this is going away anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and so at the end of the year, one thing we thought about with regards to just episode subjects that aren't, you know, having guests on was the very nature, the very DIY nature of having to take care of yourself in COVID times. Where are you going to get your right information? What are the correct masks to be wearing? What are the other correct types of steps you can be taking to prevent things, uh, to prevent infection from happening? None of this is very easily introduced into our American culture right now. There's tons of information everywhere that's very conflicting, including what is coming from the CDC itself. So with all that said, uh, what we, exactly what we wanted to talk about today was what we ourselves have been doing, most especially Eliza, who's been very on top of this since the start. And uh, even kind of frame it in the way of some, some questions that might sound, you know, silly or mm -hmm. slightly ignorant, but are all in the interest of getting um, solid answers yeah. I, out. I, mm -hmm. I was going to ask, uh, sir, of one, not to like get into it too quickly, but I think the point of origin for this episode was you sort of talking about some frustration you had with people online. I guess my first question would be like, like, when did you first encounter this, like, on Twitter or maybe Tumblr recently where like it was a cause for concern. Uh, I don't really know how to answer that. I fuck <laughs> since, <laughs> since the start, I'd imagine like, I don't, I don't know since even before the start, I, I, right. as I get older, I realize more and more how weird my upbringing was and my childhood. And mm -hmm. I, as an adult, I have realized that my entire family, including both parents and probably most of the closer blood relatives, are autistic as fuck. And this means that I grew up in a household where it was just like, 
regular dinner conversation that scientists have been predicting a large-scale pandemic as being overdue for decades. And this was true in the 90s when I was a kid, and it was just sort of like a point of interest. It wasn't, you know, we weren't prepping. We weren't preppers or anything. It was just like, yeah, we're over. We're on the ring of fire west coast. We're overdue for the big earthquake. Here's what to do if that happens. Yes, there's going to be an asteroid and fall at some point. We're way overdue for one of those, you know, in, in geological terms. And statistically, we're way overdue for a pandemic. So when it showed up, my first response was stupid. I was like, oh, it's another flu. Everyone's freaking out. That was wrong. And then after that, when it became clear that it was actually a pandemic, at no point was I surprised. And everyone else was taken by surprise. And then I was surprised that everyone else was surprised because I... There's that Akewood panel where he's like, I, I don't know, man. It beats me why most dudes suck. When I was a kid, a teacher told me to pay attention, and I guess I listened. So that's kind of how I feel. I feel like everyone's been telling me. You know, I keep reading articles about how, oh, there's going to be a pandemic. We need to get ready. I feel like I've read one of those articles once a year, every year that I've been reading the news. And here we are. It's here. Mm -hmm. We had we had ample warning. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been kind of the story, not just of the civilian reception, but also of the governmental reception. I mean, one of the big questions that civilians have and, and one of the big doubts that they have about the vaccines is how did we get a vaccine so quickly? How did they develop a vaccine in, you know, eight months or whatever? And the answer is that it didn't take eight months. It took 10 years, but a new, you know, a, a SARS virus vaccine has been being worked on for a really fucking long time. Right. Um, and it was only when the actual pandemic happened that it was pushed into production and then pushed out to the actual public. So I'm aware of all of this stuff, but it, I was not aware that no one else was aware of this stuff. So my frustration is constantly like, I'm not that old. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm like middle-aged in, in internet terms, but like, did, did other millennials not get this messaging? Did you not hear about this? Did, were you not reading the textbooks that said, yeah, the big earthquake is going to wipe out the West coast at some point. Mm -hmm. We got to get prepared. Maybe, maybe well, to more fine tune the question than, Re recently you've been doing some threading on the on the subject was there like an inciting incident where you just saw like one fucking irksome thing that just took you over like it's time to post now like um, <laughs> well i mean to be fair i get up every day of my life and post yes uh, <laughs> yeah this is true as is my want um no, I, I actually did a lot of posting about this before I got banned on my last account. I have mm. been posting about this since, you know, two years mm -hmm. ago, um, which is one of the reasons why this has been so frustrating, because I read all of the papers that the CDC ostensibly was also reading and then ignoring and then not passing all that information to the public. We knew it was airborne from the very beginning. There was this weird argument about what is the definition of a droplet versus what is the definition of an aerosol. And that came down to, you know, micromillimeter measurements that just don't matter. They don't matter. What we want to know is if you are standing in the same, if you're standing in an elevator with somebody who has COVID and they don't sneeze directly on you, can you get COVID? And the answer is yes. And we've known that the answer is yes. For two years, we've known mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. mm. It's, I, I, um, yeah, it's it's wild to me that that 
we have such a, a very confused stance on that. I have a my here's here's the thing though. Once again, I fall into this category, not quite um, where Eliza was of, of the knowledge and awareness. It's just that for me personally, I've been sticking to quarantine measures for literally two years. I made one exception to go out when, and visit with a friend who was visiting from out of town. I went to a total of three spots where I could have contracted COVID conceivably from, in, from being indoors with other people. And I did. And so, like, it's mm -hmm. just, you know, I cannot, I cannot emphasize how much I felt like the hammer of irony was, was nailing down on my head that a bunch of people I know who've been doing that way more than I have have seemingly right. not contracted COVID. Well, and, it, and it took me one time of going out to think. But then, at the same time, maybe they have contracted COVID and didn't right. realize it, right. which is even scarier to think about. Because um, I was fairly asymptomatic. I thought I had a minor cold for a couple days. And after that, I was asymptomatic. And yep. so I, who knows how many other people were doing that? Yep. It's, yeah, yep. It, it's, it's very, that, that is my direct experience. I can tell people if you haven't dealt with anyone per, like close to you that's gotten it, if you really just thought about it in terms of odds or in terms of um, rolling a die when you go out, like it'll fucking happen <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> Yeah, and um, um, it, so I, I, I'm seeing a lot of people. I as as again as a fucking weird goblin. I don't miss anybody or anything. I don't care about quarantine. It really it barely changed my life at all. Mm. Right, like I don't care about going out. I don't care about socializing. Mm -hmm. I just I don't give a shit. Mm. But I understand, you know that other people don't feel this way and that mm. other people suffer significantly, uh, you know, physiologically and psychologically when they are isolated in that way. So they feel that they are making a rational decision and they feel that their risk measurement is right. adequate. Right. Um, there's no such thing as a, as a rational actor. This is a sort of a joke that people make about, you know, the, the field of economics, because a lot of economics is prefaced on this, this idea of a rational consumer, of a mm -hmm. consumer who makes decisions in their own interest. And we know that that person does not exist. And one of the reasons that person does not exist is that the average civilian doesn't have time to inform themselves in such a way as they can make an informed decision about anything rational. Right. So it's, it's impossible to be rational about risk taking when you are a single mother of three children who works at, I don't know, the DMV. It's not your job to know everything about how germs are spread. That's the CDC's job. The CDC is supposed to tell you <laughs> how COVID works send you a mask and send you tests you know mm -hmm. that's that's what's supposed to be happening in, in in a rational world that woman is not empowered to make rational decisions about self-defense without that information um and it's not her job to read white papers that are being put out on pubmed you know so on the one hand i am super fucking frustrated at the very very highly educated you know, young professionals that I, that are in my peer group who I see posting pictures on Instagram being in crowded venues with no fucking mask at all, like kissing people and licking surfaces and shit. 
and I, I guess they've just given up. They just think that they have made a rational decision that it is more important for them to save their mental health by going to a bar than it is for them to think about being crippled for the rest of their lives. Because I'm not talking yeah. about going to the hospital and dying as a consequence right. of COVID. And right. I, mm -hmm. I, it was one of the things I really wanted to get into on this episode. That's good to clear up too, yeah. The people who are listening to this podcast are primarily, you know, millennials, probably skewing slightly older millennials, and there's going to be a, a handful of Zoomers too. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of the people who are listening do have uh, pre-existing conditions, you know, which is something, again, the CDC has just decided that they're going to do full-on eugenics. Um, they don't give a shit if people with pre-existing conditions uh, for comorbidities or more killed. Yeah. Um, so your biggest risk is not that you're going to get so sick that you have to go to the hospital and it is not that you're going to die. Death and hospitalization versus total numbers of COVID infections. The ratio is, you know, it's not terrible in terms of the, the type of people that we're talking about here, you know, me and Michelle and Jake and Ruben, we're not at high risk for being hospitalized or uh, or dying from COVID. We are at a significant risk for developing long COVID, which is a post-viral syndrome, which fucks your shit up. I think Ruben has had experience with that, right? Oh yeah, I had a great time having long COVID. Tell yeah, us so, about um, long COVID, Ruben. Yeah, Ruben and I have both been infected, and I think Ruben for long, like longer ago so, than I was. I think of anyone I know, I've gotten it the absolute fucking worst. Uh, about a month after, I think it was one or two months after quarantine began in Arizona is where I contracted COVID. Seemingly from a grocery store run is the best I can place it. Mm -hmm. um based in where i went which was very few locations more or less three places for three grocery stores uh over two weeks um primary things that happened are initially a uh, loss of taste and then loss of smell that took almost a year to recover um i was still getting different uh taste and smell back until getting out the old calendar here until about august of 2020 it's 2019 april year year four months plus if that's the right now, 16 months so uh that was let's say i could taste salt again after losing smell with the after within two weeks getting infected in april i could taste well, salt after like five months otherwise just nothing happens at all mm. um but in addition to that my memory was fucking god awful most of our episodes are also recorded with me having long covid uh in the initial times from those earlier eps yeah for sure for sure if you notice in the most polite way I can say this, Ruben talking a little bit more. Oh, yeah, it was real difficult. Uh, Y'all would talk for about two hours, and I could maybe pay attention for four minutes, and then uh, my brain would turn off, and then I wouldn't know what's happening for a good long time. Um, let's see. Uh, memory issues were in a way. So for April 2019, uh, not tasting for a long time literally in october my brain kind of started being able to process memories again i also wasn't doing anything from april to october it could have just been really boring and that would exacerbate it in my mind i have one but, question um yeah. where, where were you in the vaccine process when this happened i, I can't even remember from my own memory like where the timeline uh, was so 20 it would have been april 
as soon as they offered vaccines, I was I got an appointment the day op- uh, vaccines opened. Okay. I, it pulled up whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Um, that was May. So yeah. Okay. So that would be the difference in our two cases. With that, I would have gotten it after vaccination. You would have gotten it before. Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it a month after shit was going down. Yeah. And by the way, I was full on. I am legend. Otherwise, in every situation. Right. Uh, in terms of like, even though it was only airborne, there was that was st- it was still too in the air early on to really for me to really understand if it was serious or not. The sterilizing uh, groceries owned, phase. So I was yeah, sterilizing groceries. I owned uh, a lot of masks and gloves for my woodworking, so I was completely decked uh, going out to the stores. Um, that supply dried up quickly though. That wasn't a deep cave of masks I could get into and mm. keep reusing. Um, but there was at least that. So I was probably the most prepared initially in the beginning and then uh buffed up once and then that's smell for almost a year uh and then there was uh my worst part would be memory uh i could only as far as i could tell really form uh, concrete memories and also have any prior recall uh starting in november so that's uh for almost eight months later uh also in those earlier episodes i hope we have it recorded i haven't checked yet uh but i also had a severe stutter that entire year that was never part of my vocal patterns in my entire life i've never had issues and then it went to anytime i tried to say a word with a b i would go hey what about that and then would have to stop talking and then use a different word every time i hit a stutter and it was super severe i won't lie i might not have noticed that because you have very comedically funny vocal patterns in discord anyway and i probably thought you were doing a bit <laughs> that's why i'm hoping the podcast has at least some of it i don't think i've recorded it in any other world um, no. but that was hyper yeah. severe uh, for a year and i and uh, it was pretty bad um i think most things have turned around but no honestly uh, i was taking notes throughout to see um if i could tell uh, if i if i was getting better i was doing anything i could in terms of uh, varying my diet uh, to make sure it was all inclusive, that I wasn't missing any minerals, uh, getting mushrooms in there consistently, um, started a severe course of CBD. That seemed to help with mind fog to some extent. Um, but yeah, shit, it took, uh, it took about at least a year to feel like uh, there weren't any constant issues. Um, so right now it's kind of, it's pretty leveled out. Um, but I haven't heard anyone. Oh, I have one coworker that has now had this experience. They got it December of 2020. So about a year or November family does a meeting. Everyone's like, this sucks, but it'll be okay. Someone literally shows up after a positive COVID test and is like, it's whatever fucking annihilates half the family. I don't think anyone died though, Um, but they all got it. And now I keep telling them, oh, like it's been six months now. So can you taste salt? And they were like, yeah, just about. And like all, oh, uh, my anosmia stuff, all fat. A lot of fats taste horrible as well. Like peanuts for several months tasted just like vomit. Oh, weird. Um, Okay. So that was, this is a very particular range now is that I'm incredibly Mm. sensitive to eating fat in food and then meat protein. Mm. Um, Some of it can taste just incredibly off or just like stomach churning. Uh, but I can also smell plants really well now. I couldn't mm. smell flowers for the last 15 years from like my sinus issues. So now I can smell flowers real well or aromatics, herbs and stuff like that when cooking. That seemed okay. So it's um, kind of like you're almost starting over with a different sense of smell. 
Yeah, it seemed like it was, I had to relearn. Uh, I spent a lot of time doing smell therapy where I just smell things deeply for long periods of time. Mm. Anytime I get something with a flavor, just take a big old whiff of that, uh, try and just register that smell. Um, oh, I couldn't, I didn't realize because it doesn't happen a lot. I couldn't smell smoke. So I couldn't smell bad things. Ooh, I couldn't smell ooh. shit or farts yeah. or garbage cans. And I was right. like, that's cool. And then one time, um, my lovely spouse, Frank, said, that looks bad when I was cooking. And I turned around and there was a four foot plume of smoke oh, out of a Dutch God. oven. And as soon as I turned around to be like, that's a lot of smoke. Before I said <laughs> no. that, it just burst into flames. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. It's actually a, it's a really good example of how stuff that yeah you know, like we we think oh losing your sense of smell is that's not a huge deal right well right. i mean if there Predators. hadn't been someone else in the house you might have fucking died i would yeah. have been like, i i was prepping meat while doing that i would have been looking forward for five more minutes while a yeah. massive grease fire was going on yeah and that's something that, i mean we don't really think about that in regards to disability you know, like we, it, it, it's sort of right. as a general conversation about disability, it's really, really hard to imagine how any sort of disability is going to affect your day-to-day -day experience until it happens to you. And I think that's one of the really big problems I'm seeing with this sort of low risk of hospitalization, low risk of death group Yep, is that we don't get it. We don't understand what the stakes are. And I understand what the stakes are because I already have, you know, probably traumatic brain injury, a, a whole bunch of stuff that just has to do with like chronic illness. A lot of those chronic illnesses are related to post-viral syndromes in a way that we don't really fully understand. There's some suspicions, for example, with um, uh, fibromyalgia and uh, chronic, aka chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, which until actually kind of a few years ago was considered to be fake. It was considered like a fringe sort of wingnut diagnosis, like Morgellons syndrome or something. And it was only in the past probably decade that people have finally started to take it seriously. Long COVID is a version of chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, <clears throat> literally, you get the chronic fatigue and stuff like that, but you also get a lot of the the related um, you know, the brain fog and the random pain and the neuropathy and that kind of stuff. So on the one hand, it's interesting kind of being disabled and looking at the world, finally maybe paying attention a little bit to this stuff. I was in the, the long COVID subreddit the other day, which is just full of people, young people who have never been disabled before, who are for the first time ever having to deal with like leaving post-it notes out to remind them to put on their shoes um, or to remind them to eat or to put on their to-do list that they have to remember to get up and pee. And that's something that I have to do every day, every single day. I have to get up and make a list that says, you know, eat something before you take your Adderall, then take your Adderall, then get out of bed, then turn on your seasonal, uh, sunlight lamp then check your email you know and it's like every single day i have to do this i never get through my list i always get tired you know i always have to sit etc 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 so healthy people don't fucking they just don't get it um hmm. and that's i don't know if there's any way to convey that's been a problem in art and a problem in politics for as long 
as we've had either of those things is how do you convey a subjective form of suffering to somebody who's never experienced it. Um, but I sure I'm seeing a lot of self-appointed fucking empaths at the bar with no mask on. Yeah. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh um, man. It's, uh, it's so... been, it's been the great litmus test, I think of our time I... for, mm -hmm. for not necessarily for like, I want to say like, I don't want to like, uh, like, like as Eliza said, a lot of these people have their reasons for making the decisions that they make. I think the, the tragedy is that we, we have, we have no greater body of control that, that stops those individual decisions from getting made on a, a level that's like, right. That, explain, I, that explains to them why it's bad to be making these decisions, why right. it's bad I, to be going out. I, like, I, I, I've yeah. been focusing way too much on the individual, um, you know, oh, well, you know, it's just that I, I think it's, it shouldn't I, I think that's how it works here, unfortunately. Bar, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, but it is. And so we have people who literally don't know better and, and who have been taught their whole lives. You just need to do what makes you feel good. Right. Alternately, they feel it's a, excuse me, an ideological sort of move or pivot. Well, I think that's yeah, it's a separate class decision. of person almost of like so where they hey, think it's an informed decision they're making or whatever. Yeah. So in yeah, that no, when I, of the world, when I caught breakthrough, oh, sorry. sorry, just to, 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 to go on that, when I caught breakthrough, it was with people who absolutely believed in the virus, who absolutely believed they were doing everything that they could in going out and masking up and taking their mask off only when they sat down in the bar. <laughs> All of that's, I know it's, it, it's absurd. And I was but there. That's I, what like, the government told them to do. It, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very surreal for me in the moment because it was like my first time going out in a lot of this. And I was like, really? This is what you guys think is okay? I didn't say that out loud so as not to be like a fucking rude dinner guest. But I was just like, oh, this is literally what everyone, I was discovering for myself what everyone's quote unquote new normal was. Right. And the whole time I was like, there's no way this is scientifically adequate at all. And lo and behold, a week later I had fucking COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm mad at the government. I mean, that's, it can be true at the same time that people are making individual decisions that are getting people killed or permanently injured. Right. And that the government wants as many people as possible to die and has made policy decisions to, to make sure that this happens. Mm -hmm. Like th those two things can be true at the same time. Um, and the second thing probably isn't literally true. You know, it's probably just, I, I, I think that the Biden administration was counting on something like omicron not happening yes and then they got yes. surprised but there's never we literally want people to die there's we want people to make money and the result of that is people will have to die yeah and in addition to they don't care if yeah. certain certain groups die and of course overwhelmingly <clears throat> people of color mm -hmm. um the disabled and the indigent and impoverished are the people who are dying mm -hmm. so uh, so, okay, so my, my, my angle was originally, why can't everybody just quarantine all the time? This is ridiculous. And then, like, I started to see what was happening to people's mental health and realizing mm -hmm. that, okay, people who haven't just spent their entire lives suffering for various reasons have been through, you know, domestic abuse or whatever. They're not mentally – they haven't been through boot camp. They can't do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and expecting them to do so is inhumane and unrealistic. Mm -hmm. on my on my part no i had Oof. to figure the same thing out because i feel like all four of us in this pod especially are in roughly the same boat re like socialization and where we have it and where we get it and what's oh, important I, to us and what isn't 
We uh, um, uh okay. But, what you know, I would I, say. Oh, yeah. Fine. No, I'm just saying that that like, I feel like most of us have not had too many issues with quarantine, like what Eliza is describing. Now, Michelle, you can speak for yourself now. Totally. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I I am only this doomed. place I'm at right now. I used to live in a crazy third floor apartment right next to the main street. Absolute great view of the nearby mountains. Mm -hmm. uh, we had two sets of uh, like regular domestic abuses in the place. Mm. And every other, week, every other week, yeah. there would be a fire inside that cleared out the building because these people were inside and they weren't, they had never cooked for themselves. And the costs incurred from ordering food all the time meant once or twice, there were like two or three separate instances where women were burning with butter and cast iron uh, instead of oil and a big fucking plume of smoke happens because these people had never cooked for themselves before. Like all of that at once. And then just here and God knows what happens downstairs. Sure. We, no, yeah. we right, a bunch of housemates or not housemates, but basically these were my neighbors, a bunch of my neighbors that I, I like, basically were like dude i keep hearing punches and screaming and shit like what the fuck are we doing we we, we like came to a head on it like mm -hmm. when it when people started getting deeply affected by it and then even when there was air quotes to draw down uh even today people are fucking feral yeah right they're feral now they, that, they, that was that was mentioned at the beginning of the pandemic. A lot of a lot of like feminist organizations um, and you know child abuse support organizations mm -hmm. came out and were like, quarantine is going to be really fucking bad for the domestic violence situation. Yeah, because you don't get children will not be in contact with mandated reporters anymore, and people are going to be in high stress environments in a situation where they can't leave, and incidents are going to go way up and that has been true and i mean i there of course was absolutely no support from government there either um so i mean all that said the situation that we find ourselves in there's no lockdown there is no financial support trump gave us money biden did not uh <laughs> everything is uh. absolutely fucking fucked and people feel that they need to go outside for their health and mm -hmm. i am not really one to argue with them about that okay mm -hmm. so what's the best course of action in a situation like that in my opinion it is that everybody needs better personal protective equipment and per better per personal protective equipment needs to be normalized as something that's not gonna make, make you immediately go oh that person's completely crazy when you see a person in an industrial respirator at the grocery store right because all of the normal people are wearing bespoke cotton masks from Etsy, which are absolutely the worst possible mask that you can wear, aside from one of the joke masks that, you know, the right-wingers were wearing that were made of, like, fishnet or something on a plane. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we have known since the beginning, well, since near the beginning, that fabric masks are not great. Um particularly if they are not like really like f pressed to your face using a, a brace or something like that, mm -hmm. which is not how people wear them because that's not comfortable. 
Um, and recently we got some really, really, really solid numbers. So solid, in fact, that the CDC actually did publish them. Um, and the numbers are sound. I have looked into them myself. Cotton masks are, are pretty much garbage. Um, they are better than nothing. So if you have an option between absolutely nothing and wearing a fabric mask, wear a fabric mask. Slightly better than that, surgical masks. Much better than that, a surgical mask with some sort of a brace that holds it, makes a seal onto your face. Much better than that is like an N95, um, which are those uh, rigid sort of fiber white masks that you see people wearing. Um, or a KN95, which uh, is the Korean version of the N95. And I I'm not super educated on speaking to the differences between those two. I think that they hit slightly different uh, industrial use uh, requirements that are uh, licensed by, you know, either country, respectively. So an N95 would be the domestic version. A KN95 would be the Korean version. Um, we have standards in the United States that are slightly different than European standards or Asian standards for safety. Um, and again, I'm not an expert on what the differences are. There is a guy on Twitter who is doing a really great job compiling this information and testing masks. His handle is masknerd, all one word, at masknerd uh, on Twitter. His only downside is that he is not great at spelling and grammar and not great at sort of translating his <clears throat> uh, scientific jargon into accessible information for civilians. So I've sent a lot of people to him being like, oh, just check out this guy's posts. He knows what he's talking about. And a lot of people have bounced back and been like, I have no idea what he's saying. This is very confusing. So it's sort of like, um, I, I partially recommend him. I think that he's a good source of info, uh, but you kind of have to like maybe stick with it a little bit and see if you can get somebody to explain what he's saying to you if you can. Um, and then the very best thing that you can wear to filter air is a respirator, which has a silicon or rubber face seal that goes over your whole nose and mouth and suctions onto your face like an octopus and does not let any air in or out without filtering it, which is just a really normal thing that people wear at construction sites and for doing crafts and that kind of thing all the time. It's basically a gas mask, but just for... Uh, the lower half of your face. And we have known from a, for a very long time also that covering your eyes, uh, goggles are, you know, the, the best thing to do or a, a full face visor. But even just something like glasses really helps uh, prevent um, transmitting COVID because your eyeballs are just a surface of wet tissue that viruses love to stick to. So covering them is a really good way, even with glasses or just sunglasses, it reduces your uh, transmission chances by like 10 to 15%. And that's what we're working on. We're, it's a numbers game here. We want to work on percentages. Mm -hmm. We want a lower percentage chance of contracting a virus exactly the same as when you are playing a fucking video game and you are increasing your chance to hit, increasing your chance to dodge. Yeah. That is what we are doing here. We are not talking about you will get COVID if you do X. You won't get COVID if you do Y. Those don't. Those st two states do not exist. Yeah. So we are only talking about reducing risk here. This is 100% risk reduction. Some people think I'm joking when I talk about the die roll. Not joking. <laughs> no, you're absolutely correct. And and yeah. the, we have 
um, you know, little uh, charts and graphs now showing, mm -hmm. hey, if you are in a grocery store with X number of people for Y amount of time, you are Z likely, Z percent likely to get mm -hmm. COVID. And these are exactly the same tables that you find in Dungeons and Dragons books. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So we want to get we want to get your dodge roll up, basically. Um, sorry to be a huge nerd about it, but mm -hmm. a lot of people who understand <clears throat> video games don't s seem to be understanding the virus. So. You gotta upgrade your equipment. You, yeah, just upgrade your fucking equipment. And... I swear to God, <laughs> there's too it's many video fat. game metaphors. If you understand Echo, then you should understand quarantine measures sufficiently and how to wear appropriate PPC. That's mm -hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I've been saying. Few are saying this, but you know, yeah, fair play. So go to you know, like if you're gonna go insane and kill yourself, unless you go to uh, see Muse at the Tacoma Dome, fine. But go in your fitted airtight 3M mask with a P100 filter and put a fucking surgical mask over your outlet valve. Okay, you're a lot less likely to get COVID. I wanted to talk about that part specifically because um, I forget the, the specifics of it and I know you've covered it on Twitter. What is the deal with the surgical mask over the valve of the 3M respirator? So one of the big sea lion points about uh, three, the 3M branded respirator masks and the N95 mask is that, oh, they have an outlet valve. You're just spraying COVID juice all over the room. Okay, that's valid. Um, it, it makes sense off the top of your head to think of it that way. And the, mm. the, the valves are in the masks because these were not designed to be worn for COVID. They were designed right. to be worn usually in industrial situations where no one cares whether your exhale, exhaled breath mm -hmm. is filtered or not. You are just worried about like sawdust and shit like that. Okay, so some of these masks have valves. Um... In recent testing, we have found that even with an open valve completely unobstructed, the protection to the people around you when you are wearing a respirator like this is equivalent to when you are wearing a surgical mask. So not very good, but also considerably better than if you were just naked face. Um, there is, we, we have many years of research in uh, wearing respirators with just a surgical mask affixed over the outlet valve mm. in a tuberculosis hospital in, um, I want to say San Jose, but I would have to double check my thread. So mm. the tuberculosis hospital has basically been in full covid mode <clears throat> lockdown for however many decades they've been open every single one of the doctors and nurses wears an industrial respirator and i don't think that they are wearing the 3m brand but it's one of the mm -hmm. it's one of the industrial types it's not one of the new covid type respirators it's one of the ones that's designed for like construction work and they have had zero in-hospital transmission incidents with something as virulent as uh, tuberculosis just putting a surgical mask over the outlet valve on their mask so we hmm. know we know for a fact it works we cool. know it works okay okay i like to use rubber bands to make sure that the surgical mask material is airtight around my valve but apparently that's not cool. even necessary 
If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. Um, a lot of people are also either 3D printing or buying from people who do 3D printing uh, little plastic outlet valve covers that you can just put the surgical mask material in yourself and pop on top of your outlet valve. So that's another option. Um, but uh, that's that's called source control. When you're talking about filtering your uh, exhaled breath, we're talking about source control. So there are also masks now that are designed specifically to be used by medical professionals where you both breathe in and out through the filter as opposed to having any sort of valve at all. And these are called source control masks. Um, I've heard mixed reviews on some of them. I think that uh, maybe they haven't really nailed the design down yet, but I do see people wearing them. I think one of them is called the Eclipse mask. Um, and I have compiled a thread of uh, resources that we can put a link to in the notes for this episode um, so that uh, people can can scroll through and see what I've been posting and what other people have been posting, which is kind of more important because I act more of as like a curator than I do as a, a source of original information. Um, so I understand that you know there is not going to be any lockdown there's not going to be any government support we if you are a person who like some of my friends are really into the live music scene and believe strongly on a spiritual basis that you know that's oh, tough we we have to go see people play oh. music in bars or the whole thing is going to fucking collapse which is true we know that that is true and we yeah. also know that the government is not going to fucking pay to keep the high line open you know exactly you have, yeah you have to go to shows it kills me so okay uh, if you yeah. have to go to the show um i'm not going to be an asshole about it go to the show in a respirator mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's going to have to start I, I i as someone who used to go to many 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 shows and who's 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 not been one of the people to return to the to the idea of doing that lately what you, what you just said has crossed my mind more than once. It's just going to have to be, I'm, I'm showing up, but I'm not going to fucking move a lot. I'm not going to, um, you know, like get in a pit, so to speak, or anything like that. And I'm going to be standing with a respirator watching the live music. That's Every single person just it. who's in the bar besides the band should mm -hmm. be in right. an airtight To be mask. in something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I mean, I have, I'm a big gas mask fan, like military gas mask fan. I've got a bunch of them because we handled a bunch of them for protests. And I've right. been wearing, I've been wearing gas masks at protests, like in poison gas situations, <laughs> what they're, what they're designed for, for many years, many years mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and gas masks have drinking tubes in them. And this is something that somebody should build into a respirator because oh I, yeah i really don't think that i think that your chances of getting covid from a straw inside of your beer at a show are very fucking low right you know what i mean and and people need to be able to drink at bars or again the bars are gonna fucking go bankrupt they're gonna mm -hmm. close mm -hmm. um i haven't seen that yet but i it is it's... actually possible to <sighs> put a straw in your mouth through a surgical mask i have done it <laughs> right i think that's a pretty easy called shot in all honestly like it's just uh if you're gonna drink go out to the smoking deck right yeah do it through a straw yeah like do you know like go to minimal. venues that have a smoking deck or like a, an outdoor you know indoor area if you're gonna drink um it's this stuff is complicated i i just i understand that we nobody is being 
supported by any sort of infrastructure whatsoever. So if, if you have to go and live your life and go to work and shit like that, I want you to do it in a better mask. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's going to be our biggest harm reduction. Mm -hmm. So something I do get asked a lot is if you show up to the grocery store or the doctor's office or the airport in this stupid 3M respirator, are people going to freak out? And the answer seems to be sort of, but over time, less. So at the moment, we are definitely going through uh, a transitional period where I, for example, went to the doctor. I, I had to get a pap smear. It was time. Uh, they cannot do that over telemedicine. I've tried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So... <laughs> Uh, what is that man doing to his cervix? Anyway, um, <laughs> so I go to the doctor and immediately the receptionist who is wearing a flimsy one layer cotton mask mm. and there, there are signs all over, and this is a major hospital, there are signs all over that says we have not updated our mask guidelines to go along with the new CDC mask guidelines, which are the ones I just talked about, about how they came out and said cloth is bad, you know, surgical is better, etc. Uh, you have to wear... A surgical mask when you come to the clinic and I very I, I felt terrible because I'm a white woman standing in this clinic talking to a black receptionist who is trying to get me to follow the rules that are posted very clearly in the clinic mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I am breaking and they say I'm sorry you're gonna have to wear the surgical mask it's the rules and I'm like I am so sorry we are gonna have to reschedule this appointment unless I can wear this mask because just, you know, the the masks are not good. I've done all the research and I, I can hear these words coming out of my mouth and Oof. I'm fucking, I'm fucking Dale Gribble, right? Standing in the, uh, the Swedish family medicine talking to this poor person. Mm. And I say person because Swedish family medicine is such a great clinic that I do not know the gender of the receptionist. <laughs> it is not sure. apparent. Right. Um, it's one of the reasons I love going to Swedish family medicine. Anyway. Nice, nice. Um, finally, they say, okay, I'm. let's talk to the, the clinic manager, uh, to the office manager, and see what they say. And I'm like, I am so sorry for your trouble. It would be fine to reschedule, but okay. The clinic manager comes out, and this is how it's gone every time I've said, actually, I'm going to wear my respirator. The manager comes out, sees that the valve has been covered, because I always cover my valve, and say, oh, it's okay if the valve is covered. So that information is not getting down to the actual office workers. And I want to say this, after my appointment, I went to Whole Foods, got fancy cookies and a, a small bouquet, and I sneakily left it on the desk uh, before I left with a note that said, I'm so sorry to have caused that trouble in your clinic. Um, I hope you have a great day. Because again, I was being you know karen gribble and and just fucking up this person's day obviously by being weird about my mask and they don't know <laughs> why i'm weird i could be i could be a fucking oregon prepper you know mm -hmm. they don't know that i'm a oh if i was if i was having fun i would have called you racist so many times exactly <laughs> and maybe maybe i was being racist they don't know maybe i think that brown people have more virus a higher virus load they have no idea I could oh be god some idiot i could be lord some knows. idiot from online lord knows who they deal with yeah so again you know going back to akewood's ray says this is this is about a 600 dollars fuck up you know this is going to be about <laughs> yeah. 600 i was about like 600 I, I need to spend about 15 dollars <laughs> to make this right mm -hmm. and i did mm -hmm. so we are in that we are in that transition phase right now where people are starting to understand oh shit 
I need a better mask. Mm -hmm. But the, the 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 rules that posted up in the office have not changed yet. Right. And the the <clears throat> the guy, the TSA worker, the office receptionist, the dude at the parking garage is not paid mm -hmm. to let you wear your fucking weirdo cyberpunk mask into the structure. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So from that long anecdote, I will say I think it's a good idea to carry an N95 or a KN95 or even a, a, your, a surgical mask with a brace. Just keep it on you. Keep that thing on you mm -hmm. in, case, in case somebody has a problem and you can't. You, can just, yeah. you don't want to ruin their day. Just swap them out. Swap yeah. them out. Easy, easy peasy. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to take a short break here. And then when we come back, we'll talk about some more mask uh Nafus, I want to say. I want to ask some yeah. stuff about dumb mask things or things that people can do to avoid, uh, you know, beyond mm -hmm. just don't wear a cloth mask. Like, what are some of the traps we fall into? So, yeah, we'll cool. be back. Welcome to Three Gamers. Back podcast. from the break. It is not called Three Gamers. Just as <laughs> welcome to the we, Three that Gamers. Is not the new the Three Gamers name. podcast. Welcome back, I hate everybody. To, I hate to give up the game that quickly, but it is not the Three Gamers podcast. Three, three Gamers we're, and a little we're late. pivoting. We're pivoting to games journalism. Uh, no one saw it coming. More like game two journalism. of us. Two of us <laughs> did write games journalism, which is still sad. A small world. Yeah, it's not even. It's not a pivot. <laughs> it's a comeback. God, we never left the game. No, but actually, speaking of games, journalism, the one thing I wanted to bring up to get us back on topic is what are the, what are like, so obviously we, we went over earlier the, uh, the pyramid, of, let's call it, of mask effectiveness, right? Um, cloth up to surgical up to what I wanted to actually specifically talk about were the masks that are in this area between an N95 and a surgical um, the like cloth KN94s and the like that you're mm -hmm. that you're seeing a lot of people buy um, as an everyday type of mask are I haven't been able to look into this myself too much but is what is the efficacy of that level of a mask it seems to be like this sort of mid-tier and it's and it's frankly the reason I'm asking is because it's what I've been wearing throughout the majority of the pandemic are these um, disposable KN94 masks that have a bridge over them to make a little a little seal that are uh, uh, bought in bulk that I buy in bulk from like online, and that are presumably used um, in Korea and the like, you know, even prior to the current pandemic for this type of protection. Um, I personally don't know, but actually, this is where Mask Nerd is. Okay, is, that's where his strengths are. Is he's testing these guys, especially because uh, with the KN95s and online sourcing, there have been some reports of um, counterfeiting. Yeah. And that a lot of those are apparently just kind of garbage. That's um, kind of what I wanted to ask about. It, cause it, it's been it, an issue on Amazon, I think. It, yeah. It seems like it's a product that is um, pretty fine in a normal standard, but due to the massive amount of demand and the fact that it I don't know what differentiates it, you know, on a technical level between just a regular cloth mask or a surgical mask. Obviously, there is filtration in there, but it's not like the common consumer is not going to easily discern that. So um, the numbers like in 95, that uh, indicates sort of statistically they want to be filtering 95% of particles or better. Right. So uh, a, a N95 is 
in in ninety four is like slightly worse than an in ninety five in in theory. Right. Um, so going to like mask nerd right now, I think he does. And that is have... the person's at. Just to be clear. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mask nerd. So right on top, his pinned his pinned note is uh a, his Google Drive link where he's put all his stuff. Oh, awesome. And there's some good stuff here about mask sizing and um, kids' masks, which is an issue not just for kids themselves, but also for people like me who have really small faces. It's mm. hard to get. It's hard to get a seal. Mm. It's in general, I think it's better, probably better for your masks to be a little bit too small than it is for it to be too big. Sure. Um, he's got uh, his his spreadsheet here of mask testing data where he's got a list of alphabetized list of brands and what they are. If they are a KFN 94, he's got a bunch of KFN 94 or KF KF 94, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And KN 95s. Um, should even check. I think I'm out of prepackaged ones. I wanted to find the packaging of my current masks, but I don't think I have it. And he's, he's got uh, his filtration efficiency tests and this is just him testing them in his bathroom. And, I don't know. I I'm not a judge of not a good judge of like sure. is this guy doing his tests right or something. Sure, it sure. seems since it's information that we wouldn't have otherwise, I think it's better done, than nothing. Done right? in earnest, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So he's got he measures the filtration efficiency, uh, the pressure drop. I'm not totally sure what a pressure drop is. I think it has to do with like how much suction there is inside the mask. Sure. Whether the mask like collapses in on your face or not when you're breathing, what he thinks the quality factor is, the size, width, height, all that stuff. So I think if you were buying that stuff, that would be, um, oh, he does have supplier information on this as well. Yeah, this honestly, this seems like a great resource for any, like I'll be using this to get my future masks because I'm almost out as well in right. current stock. And he's also got an FAQ document that I think is kind of like a legend that explains, you know, what the hell he's talking about. Because it is kind of hard to, it is kind of hard to figure out. You can mm-hmm. ex- you can explain to civilians what things mean until you're blue in the face. Right. Um, but as anybody who has ever like listened to a lecture about a topic that you've never heard about before, you know that the level of your cognition on this subject is pretty variable which is kind of why i try to make threads about stuff that for one thing say the same thing over and over again in different ways because different people are going to interpret you know your metaphors and stuff differently um use different examples for things and uh try to sort of not dumb it down that's the wrong word but to use plain language in as many different capacities as possible so that you're coming at a single statement of fact from a lot of different angles so that people can kind of get a grip on it from a different angle depending on what kind of person they are and what their background is Mm. and mask nerd is not great at that um which it's fine it's not his strength he's he's doing all this work and he has all this, this data so if you have listeners, if you have a nerd friend like me, don't ask me unless you're my friend because I'm busy. Um, I, I really have so little time and energy to do this stuff, so I'm kind of already at my limit. But if you have a nerd friend, someone who's in med school, someone who got 
good biochem grades in high school, someone who reads papers, you know, on like PubMed or SciHub, um, those kind of people, ask for their help, you know. Um, it's also a good good time to use like the old group chat. If you're in a group chat on Twitter, if you have friends or family who know how to read statistics, papers, that kind of stuff, ask around, talk to people about this stuff. It really helps. Um, as as I've, I've said a couple times during this episode, like your level of understanding of things is one of your, one of the things that affects your safety, right? Because mm -hmm. if, if we, if we say, oh, it's fine, it's safe if I go to the bar and only take my mask off when I'm drinking, and we don't have the training to think critically about that statement and think to right. ourselves, that's dumb. Why would that, that why would that make me safe? I'm not going to do that. Literally eradicates all safety measures you brought in prior yeah. to the bar. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like the most crazy type of type of logic, like like illogical thinking. Right. And you know, I, I don't know if we've really like talked about what is COVID. Like how is it spread? Mm -hmm. um, um, we definitely have not, as far as on the pod. Okay. So why is it dangerous? to go to the bar and then take your mask off. Isn't that safe? Isn't that what people are, have told you is safe? Are we not all no. vaccinated is what some people might say. Right. Yeah. Okay. So right off the gate, get vaccinated, get extra mm -hmm. vaccinated, get your mm -hmm. booster. Mm -hmm. There's a certain amount to be said for, um, we're taking too many vaccines in the first world and yeah. developing countries don't have enough vaccines. That's true. But it is the same logic as eat your dinner. There are kids starving in Africa. Like mm -hmm. your dinner is not going to go to Africa if um, if you don't eat it here. Those, in the spirit those... of our podcast, yes. Don't do not be the guy that got thirty three vaccine doses and posted about it on something awful. A DIY uh, legend. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, you know, it's fine if you get an extra shot or two, yeah. but do not be that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that, I would... guy's, that guy's yeah. blood started getting too thick. That Oof. is what he said. Uh, that was the, yeah. the, the claim. Um, <laughs> I've been referring to him as slime blood goon. That uh, rules. That oh, rules. I, I really <laughs> wanted to talk about this on the podcast because it's very funny and it's something awful and it is very yeah, DIY. As soon as, as soon as you said get more than one, I thought of that. So It's very DIY to go and get a Moderna <laughs> every three weeks i've been for the doing past it year. wow just to, he says just to keep my peace of mind yep so <laughs> i i did go and check up on this guy but he has been banned oh, or not okay. banned. He, he's been probated um <laughs> so i haven't been able to follow up on his claims or not that owns now it it might be a bit it, it could definitely be a bit it could be a lie oh a yeah lie for, it could absolutely be a shit post something awful.com right um but uh, my friend, uh, Dr. Collaterally, MD, uh, who is, I think, currently Cromarty, MD, because she keeps getting banned, um, uh, who is a real, in real life medical doctor, mm. responded to somebody posting about the, the, the goon who claimed that when he got his blood drawn after getting a Moderna shot every three weeks for like 18 months, that his blood quote looked weird and uh, was too viscous in the in the tube. Mm. She quoted and said, "This guy gave himself uh, a medical condition I cannot remember the name of. Hang on, let me look it up. 
Um, Hemo something, baby. I don't know. I'm guessing. Found it. Okay. Someone said there is no fucking way you cannot give yourself viscous blood from getting too many vaccines. This is a, this is a bit. She quoted, quote tweeted and said, wrong. This motherfucker gave himself hypergamma globulinemia hyperviscosity syndrome. <laughs> so I looked it up. What the fuck? It is real. <laughs> oh, no. Gross. And it is related to the function of the immune system. Um, it happens in patients who have lupus. Oh. Lot, which is an autoimmune system where your, you know, your immune system is overactive, basically. Right. So, theoretically i'm not a doctor and also uh my friend may have also been just using her superior medical knowledge to extend the bit because it is funny um she may not she's probably was not like 100 percent serious this is his diagnosis she was just saying yeah it's possible mm -hmm. if this were a house md mm -hmm. uh episode this is what this guy would have mm -hmm. um so people who do have Overactive immune systems do get hyperviscosity syndrome, uh, where you uh, just get too much immunoglobulin. And again, I'm not a biochem person, so this is like right above my pay grade. I don't really sure. understand how it works, but yeah, you can you can get slime blood from overactive immune system. It does uh. cause serious vascular disease. So unless he gets very sick mm. uh, afterwards, it's probably he was either lying or um <laughs> or it's not what he had i don't know but i haven't been able to follow up because he got probated for saying that people were getting parkinson's disease from covid which isn't really true oh gosh um, he, he he there are a few people in the c-spam forum which is the kind of spiritual successor to laissez-faire polit politics and current events forum who are you know full like pandemic uh paranoia mode so mm -hmm. they, they can they're, they're, what they claim can be taken with a grain of salt and he is sure. one of these guys oh his name his username is wang commander i just remembered <laughs> so shout out to wang commander uh Bless diy you. diy legend yeah. uh, working on his vaccine status himself um yeah <laughs> shout out actually a, a friend of mine uh told me that they knew somebody who was getting vaccines on behalf of other people to get their vaccine cards faked so that's wow because they don't ask you for id yeah you they kind of don't don't nope. they you can yeah. roll up at the vaccine tent yeah and say i'm you john, can just say you forgot it i'm john chong clain yeah. uh i need a i need a, a pfizer right and a vaccine card and then your your buddy gives you 50 bucks and they are not vaccinated, but they have Oof. a completely authentic Minister. vaccine card. Right, right. So we have to assume that that is happening quite a lot. Yeah. Because it's a very simple scam. Yeah, that is one thing about the the free or whatever you want to call it nature. The fact there's, I mean, it probably would even if that guy's faking it, probably wouldn't be that hard to go and get thirty vaccines if you no. bring a card every single time. It'd be very easy. Yeah. You could you could say it was your first one every time. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. They're they're. Referring to on C-SPAM, they are separating uh, boosters versus uh, a regular vaccine. And the regular sure. vaccines, they are calling full fat. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Yeah. I, I have to emphasize, C-SPAM is not doing this generally. It's just Wang Commander. It's, it's just, just that some one people. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'd imagine. I think there are some over-vaccinated people there, but yeah. So please go get vaccinated. Don't let your um, yeah. first, first world guilt get in the way of it. 
uh, wear some good PPE to the vaccination site, you know, get your respirator on, go get it done. It does help a lot. It will help you stay out of the hospital. It will make your infection probably significantly less severe than it would have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it cuts down on your infection severity, which means that it's going to cut down on the number of mutations that the virus has an opportunity to do while it's in your system. Yeah. Yeah. So I very much credit the fact that I was however many months fully vaccinated, not boosted yet um, when I got COVID with, you know, the fact that it wasn't uh, as, as devastating an experience as it easily could have been. Yeah. Um, Probably would have been much worse. Yeah, absolutely. We, we got Omicron because probably, uh, probably because uh, South Africa is very low vaccinated. Right. First world has been hogging the fucking vaccines. Um, and when you have an unvaccinated populace, you get long-term uh, heavy-duty infections. And those infections give the virus a really long time to play around and uh, mutate. Mm. And so the, the fewer vaccines we have, the more potential mutations we get. Um, the good news about Omicron is that it is probably less severe. Mm-hmm. probably less severe and i what? say probably because even though people are saying definitely less severe um i really do not trust the numbers that we are being given for a mm-hmm. lot of different yeah. reasons yeah I, oh sorry i oh, i wanted to ahead. interject i apologize uh, i should have used a little one function but uh one thing i do want to interject with just because of the numbers that have come out today this is uh first week of the new year of january it's the ninth today as of as of this recording uh why i say that is like the uh daily deaths now while omicron has uh milder symptoms and like uh sort of effects that are noticeable or pronounced as previous iterations the the body count from it is uh equivocal to that little it's averages don't look great i'll say Mm -hmm. i I don't want to definitively say this is going to be like 9 11 every day for two months as it happened in the past but Mm -hmm. uh it is keeping in pace with the uh what i read was 14 day averages of that so this yeah i i I imagine Eliza would say the same, but also don't fuck around with this. Uh, it has a body count. Yeah. <laughs> Definitively. Right. Yeah. It really does. But, but yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. You don't have to apologize. That was a completely cogent introduction. Um, yeah, it's, I take this seriously. Uh, there is maybe some good news in that if Omicron really is less severe, then it's evolving in the right direction. It's mutating in the right direction. Mm-hmm. The ideal virus, mm-hmm. if, if any of you have ever played a very popular Flash game and app, Pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, or specifically Pandemic 2, mm-hmm. you, kn- you know you know that the ideal virus, the virus that wins, that takes over the world, that infects every continent, is a virus that has low fatalities and low symptoms. Because low fatalities, low symptoms means that that virus gets passed around and nobody notices mm-hmm. and the vast majority of viruses uh on earth don't have any symptoms they just sort of replicate themselves they're not really animals they're kind of like 
mobile blobs of genetic material. Mm-hmm. Um, someone's probably going to correct me on that, but it is what it is. Uh, so um, it is in Omicron's best interests to evolve to be a less severe virus. And that is why we have the cold, the common cold, usually doesn't kill you. And right. why influenza at this point does kill quite a lot of people but it doesn't kill as many people as the spanish flu did Mm -hmm. because it has just evolved to be much more chill um and it's also why we've never had like an ebola outbreak that got global you know that was just like a pandemic movie level of infection like 12 monkeys style shit because it's so severe kills you really fast and in a really spectacular way people notice and then they quarantine you and then you don't get to spread the virus so mm-hmm. it is an omicron's best interests it's i mean it's in covid's best interests to stay on this this path that's going where it's less severe more virulent etc until it gets down to like cold level or below it it takes a really long time for that to happen usually um and like Michelle said, the, the fact that Omicron is so much more transmissible, so much more infectious, might is overriding the, uh, the fact that it is probably less severe by sheer numbers. Right. So yeah. everyone who is healthy, who is at home right now, who's trying not to get uh, COVID, it is a waiting game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we got to just stay out of the hospitals right now because there's yeah. too many people there. Right, right now, uh, I think one of the big things was we talked about it slightly earlier and why I kind of wanted to timestamp it earlier is as of like this week, the CDC, uh, the American uh, woman was talking like uh, basically as it relates to deaths of disabled people. And, and as you as you had said earlier, that's almost sort of like a eugenics program like uh I don't want to hew towards massively conspiratorial thinking within X ideology. What I would say is in terms of managing and mitigating loss of life uh, in, in a large scale pandemic situation, you now have two years under your belt of having seen how two different administrations uh, enacted this uh in some ways trump had a decent handling versus you know obviously uh (laughs) terrible handling and individual states being able to set mandates or whatever no clear unified like outcome that was supposed to come about nationally everyone uh per your individual states and they're political affiliations and connections like barring that you're on your own mm-hmm. uh that, yeah, we have not had a government response since the administration's changed really. yeah yeah the thing <clears throat> the thing is obviously people feel one way or the other i can't grab you through the screen and shake you and say fucking be normal uh but i think i think why there's also cause for concern is you're going to, as with all things in this current modern moment, you have to do an undue amount of research and informed decision making of your own volition, especially now. Like when the CDC 
is basically kind of offering up a significant group of people as acceptable losses. Yeah. And I say that the disabled uh, community of people in, in the United States, which is a significant population, people that fall into the camp of obesity, which uh, that can be like a few pounds overweight. People also don't understand like that. It's a whole other thread I can get into at a different time. Just going to bring that up. If but you, obesity and if comorbidities. You fat, if you are fat, which is the majority of Americans, yep. the majority mm-hmm. of Americans are now considered to be quote unquote overweight medically. Yes. If you are fat, that is a pre-existing condition and they are counting you as somebody yep. who died because of your pre-existing condition and you got COVID while fat. They are it, counting it, that as a, as a and, and pre-existing conditions as it relates to the healthcare industry and the insurance process as a whole. It, it's 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 one of the largest contributing factors to why we can't have fucking anything good in this country uh, in terms of a social safety net. Your purchasing decisions are supposed to be the big fucking win here, but. Uh, in terms of your purchasing decisions as it relates to healthcare, uh, I'll, you've also probably had to think about this on a firsthand basis because, yeah, you fucking lost your job out of nowhere and now you have to become a avid Reddit reader in order to figure out how the fucking unemployment system works. Right. Because people would be clogged up for three to four months. Like, it's still probably dragging ass, that entire process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah (laughs) sorry that said uh i guess in terms of in terms of uh i mean you were talking about masks earlier uh is there anything people can do like on an individual level because obviously that's all we're speaking to right now uh in terms of like equipping for the next variant i've i've been personally looking into old chem masks that basically surpass uh n95 levels these were basically respirators slash rebreathers uh that i would like wear in in chem plants when like you'd have acids bases and uh you'd have to do like a lot of mitigation techniques on a wet floor to basically neutralize a chemical reaction. Otherwise your lungs would fucking fry or pop like a balloon, <laughs> like fun shit like that. I think, I think like, is that what we should be looking into? Uh, uh, the Royal way? <laughs> it kind of depends. Like a lot of people are saying, you know, Hey, I work in an office and they, are not going to let me wear a respirator. And so there's just going to be right. levels of what you can get away with. I think we are probably at the point now, it sounds like we're at the point now where most people can get away with wearing an N95 most of the time. Um, and I just mean the white molded N95s or yeah. the, the, the KN95s. The hard, the hard masks, as I yeah. call them. And with those really it's fit you got to make sure that that thing is suctioning onto your face when you breathe in um that it's tight that it's airtight that's the that's the main thing because if it's like blowing air out or sucking air in around the edges it's not helping you that much um right or it's it's not as good as it could be 
I never want to be. I never want to say something where people are like, "Well, fuck it. I'm not just. Go- I'm just going to not wear a mask." I think that's doesn't really, work. Yeah, that's a really important point in framing because it's always yeah. good. It literally anything is better yeah. than nothing. <clears throat> yes. If, if if all you've got is some shitty Etsy mask, slap that shit on. You know. Yep. Yeah. Do your best. Um, it, it's going to help. It really does. Um, I mean the 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 acronym is paper powered air personal replicator or i'm sorry respirator uh, which is the thing that has like an actual fan in it you know and those are the things that people wear for 12 hours in chernobyl or whatever that's yeah that's the that's the cream of the crop but that thing's definitely going to make you look fucking weird walking around (laughs) that's what i wanted to talk about with regards to some of the commercial products that are coming up because i feel like we're starting to see we we will inevitably see more more of that level of mask that you're talking about yeah. tried to fit into normal society. Right. The biggest example we have is that razor one that got right. blown up on Twitter recently. Yes. Um, obviously, we don't need to go like into that, but for the listeners, it, this is something that you will probably see more types of, and it's good to be wary of them or at least be aware of them because, as Eliza said, you can go out and buy a 3M respirator. And I actually wanted to talk a little bit about which model you have later, but yeah. for now, it's like, you don't need to like these new these new products that are coming out. I, I don't exactly know what niche they're filling, other than you want a mask to look cool and not possibly be, um, you know, under the oversight of a of a, a medical uh, committee or whatever. Because that was the big thing that that this uh, woman now I mean we like pointed out about the razor mask is that it's all in the marketing. There's no actual approval that they have on anything. Right, um, they just say it's an N95 filter. Yeah, yeah. Her, like, her assertion earlier, one I was reading, was basically like, they don't outright refute uh, her claims or the claims of medical professionals so much as they list the mask specifications. Right. Which, uh, in terms of, in terms of like PR speak, it's it's oddly brilliant in that like. You answered a question. You didn't answer the question, mm-hmm. but you still answered. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's at, a, at the end yeah. of her video on the razor mask. She says, "Well, it's a mask that was made by computer people." Mm-hmm. Yes, and yeah. um, I'm I'm not sure if she meant it in the way that you know I, I interpret the phrase and use the phrase myself of computer people, but Abs- that is absolutely. exactly right. Um, and it only comes in one fucking size. You know, mm-hmm. so and it's it, not it, even going to seal to your face properly. It's also buyed into like a proprietary filter that you have to buy from them, I think, yep. mm-hmm. uh, instead of just having like whatever the regular standard is. Yeah. So there's there's a gold rush right now. There's tons and tons of masks on fucking Kickstarter and shit that cost $700 and yeah. have LEDs in them and shit. Or you can go to Amazon, swallow your pride. And shell out $13 for a 3M brand ugly as shit industrial respirator. Literally $13 to $15. Oh, uh, nice. And then like 20 bucks for a pack of six filters. Okay. Um, the filters are not single use. Uh, the, the whole single use thing is confusing people because right. in a medical setting... All these masks are single use because you can't walk between patient rooms uh, with the same surgical mask with the same in 95. Constantly changing. Gotta swap them out. And that's not because of COVID. That's because of a lot of the um, 
the infections that you get in hospitals generally. Right. That's normal hospital shit. Right. That's just normal hospital shit is you take off everything and put on everything new between every room for good reason. Yeah. Now with COVID, surface transmission, as in if you go outside, you walk past a bus stop while somebody's coughing, a COVID virus gets on your filter and then you take the filter off or you take the mask off at home and you touch the filter and it gets on your finger. Very, 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 very fucking difficult to get COVID from touching stuff. Not impossible. It does happen. It's very difficult. Um, And it happens so much less compared to just getting COVID in the air that it's almost just not worth worrying about. Basic hand washing is going to take you as far as you need to go. Mm -hmm. So people keep asking me, well, you know, don't I need to get rid of my N95 after I wear it the first time? Don't I need to swap out the, the filters on my best respirator every time I wear it? And the answer is no, absolutely not. You only need to get rid of your filters, A, if they stop working, if they get like rips or holes in them or something like that, or B, if they become difficult to breathe through. Um, they are elast- elastometric, which means that they use static electricity to uh, the same reason why your microfiber washcloth gets covered in dog hair. Uh, it's the same thing, except instead of dog hair, and washcloth they are attracting um molecules and floating dust particles and other things that viruses can stick to to the actual filter material um and keeping it there so when you're not wearing your mask it's actually kind of a good idea to put it inside of a bag or something so that you don't just get like random molecules sticking to your filters i've heard about the paper bag especially yeah Um, just throw them in a brown paper bag There is a lot of chatter about decontaminating, quote-unquote, your mask between use or your filters between use. I don't really see the point myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Mask Nerd is kind of with me on this. It just doesn't seem to matter. Again, um, it does matter for organisms other than COVID. So one thing we really don't want to do is, like, if we are wearing our respirator every day and it's getting wet, from our breath, which it will, it'll get wet after just a couple hours of breathing in it. Um, you don't want to let it stay wet because it's very easy to grow mold and bacteria. Uh, not COVID. Again, it has nothing to do with the COVID virus. Just mold and bacteria can get inside your mask. It can get into your mouth. It can get on your face and cause acne. Um, and it's just not not good, not tasty, not uh, not savory. So if your mask is wet at the end of the day, please let it dry out overnight. Um, You can definitely decontaminate the surfaces with just wiping it off with isopropyl alcohol. No need to do anything crazy. Um, There was a study, interesting study, uh, Mask Nerd posted about N95 masks getting soaked in sweat, simulated Mm. human sweat, Mm -hmm. and then dried out, and they tested the filtration after they had been all sweaty up, sweated up, and then dried out, and nothing happened. The masks were the same. exactly the same, or in some cases better <laughs> at, <laughs> Weird. at filtering after. Uh. And I don't know why that is. It could be a factor yeah. of salt. Could be maybe sodium buildup in, yeah. in the material makes them better at elastometric elastometric uh, capture. I don't know. I don't know. But you can wear the dirtiest, funkiest piece of shit mask as long as it is sealing to your face properly. Right. That's the number one thing. And it doesn't have any holes in it. It's going to keep working. 
So in, in most cases, the elastic that holds the N95 to your face is going to give out before the N95 does itself. So, That's a good point about the, because I have the same type of yeah. elastic N95s that, um, you, can you know, definitely I, like, hang replace, them up on a little thing. Yeah, you can replace the elastic with other stuff if you mm -hmm. want to and keep them, keep them trucking longer. Uh, those elastics are just, are they glued on or stapled? Uh, well, for the KN94s I have, they're just, I, I believe, stapled. I can grab one real quick, actually. Okay. So this, is there... This one would be, uh, yeah, these are just, like, stapled in with what look like, or sewn in, honestly. But this is, like, a, this is like one of the disposable level mm -hmm. KN94s rather than a, um, like, a full 95. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the N95s the with the yellow elastic, that yellow elastic sucks. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you attach better elastic to it. You could keep them trucking. Um, I don't have an N95 with me right now, but I think that they those elastics are usually stapled on. I don't see any reason why you couldn't staple on another elastic. If they mm -hmm. think at the factory that the staple is not going to you know, compromise the mask in any way, then I don't see why you couldn't just add another staple and add another piece of elastic yourself at home. So, right. um, it's better. It's still going to be better than a surgical without a brace and it's going to be better than a cloth so yeah it's too bad that they're white because they do look really gross after they get a bunch of makeup and stuff on them you know um, i'm surprised we haven't seen specifically like a because there's so many black versions of of the uh cloth mask and even of the like kf94 masks yeah i haven't seen many fashionable kn95s or like the big hard n95s pop up out of this yet yeah um I'm suspicious of the new masks. I'm suspicious of yeah. the fashion masks. I'm I would suspicious be too. of anybody who came up with a mask in the past year. I would get a Home Depot mask for sure. I, I it looks dorky, <clears throat> but like, who cares? You know, yeah. I yeah. I know that I know that people care. I know that people really care, and right. that mask um, compliance has a lot to do with visuals. I understand mm -hmm. that, but on an individual level, I am I am asking you. <laughs> just think about it for a minute yeah. you know <laughs> and we'll even share out like we'll we'll i'll gather some links on on like the mask you have eliza um some of the options i've been using and i'll try to include those in the show notes too just so that it's if it's if it's truly that difficult for some people to track down then you then you as a listener have no excuse you can just click on our click on our little show notes and find some links that are a good jumping off point yeah you, you do not want to get long COVID. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, some some yeah. long COVID news came out t today or yesterday. It was a, a South African um, scientist says that she... That Guardian article. Yeah. She yeah, I have that pulled up. found that the uh, micro, micro clots is what she thinks is causing a lot of the long mm -hmm. COVID symptoms. Um, mm -hmm. So that's super interesting. I hope we get more information on that. I would imagine it would definitely help in treatment of it now that they're hopefully able to identify like where it's living. Cause that's, yeah, yeah the, 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 chart, the crux of that article was that a lot of these long COVID patients go in and are told, Hey, you're medically totally fine. Yep. Nothing. We don't have, we don't see nothing on you. And that the, the, the stuff, the COVID that is still trapped is, is in clotted blood cells. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That is a, that is a, that universal, would seem like a breakthrough. Universal uh, chronic illness experience. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, you go to the doctor and they're like, well, you're fine. Even anyone with a comorbid, right? Like overweight people. Yeah. And if you're trans, if you're trans, um, if you're, yeah, you worry sure about DVT. Woman so or pregnant deep or... vein thrombosis was like 
one of the links they had sort of talked about when talking about microclotting in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like, yeah, definitely be on the fucking lookout. You will be more aware of something like DVT, especially visually. There's a lot of visual cues Mm -hmm. with DVT. Yeah. If you're trans or if you are taking hormonal birth control, Mm -hmm. um, either of those situations. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, that's good news. Maybe if we are getting to know more about what's causing stuff, then maybe we're getting some more targeted treatments. And it has actually, I kind of went into this a little bit before, but um, we're going to be forced to a certain extent to start figuring out better treatments for long COVID, which means probably we're going to be getting some more and better treatments for other chronic illnesses because long COVID resembles a lot of other chronic illnesses and very, very strongly fibromyalgia is the big one. Mm. Chronic fatigue, uh, Mm -hmm. fibromyalgia, um, what's it? Myoencephalitis. I can't remember what the other term is at this point that we're using, but people are going to get fibromyalgia from long COVID. And hopefully now that, many 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 more people have it and it is very documented this time people are going to start taking it a little bit more seriously so that is like one possibly optimistic outcome of right. all of this sciencey um, silver linings for sure, sure. Mm. take it take it where it comes it's, yeah it's, it's, it's how we get there uh naomi Wu is doing some cool stuff about the masks right now uh her handle on twitter is real sexy cyborg um <laughs> She's a she's a character. I really appreciate yeah, her work. No. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one of the, just, one of the cool YouTubers. She's just ripping them apart right now. It's very funny. Um, the mouse engineers know they are way out of their wheelhouse and realize now that they should have said no. So PR is panicking. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. She's right. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, just go get an ugly construction worker mask. Don't I? Don't, I wouldn't. Don't buy a mask with RGB lights in it, please. No. <laughs> don't don't it's not time yet it's not, yeah those aren't ready they, they need they're not baked yet if you're that committed just get a gas mask and make your own uh, it's about to say if you'd like yeah the, the rebreather i'm looking at it's uh it's a pervert mask mainly for <laughs> private non-commercial use like instead of the clear lens so you can work and do work in a chemical setting that has put like a big uh black lens over it like so it has that a you tinted, look like a tinted lens you look like you're gonna kill someone you so you look like some sort of fucking demon you look like a video game bad guy in a face yeah, yeah. PC. You, yeah you look i don't have, I'm. we don't have to unpack all of it i'm just saying it's woof is yeah we're the, we're not the, that's the not the mass adoption that's a that's the drone used. one i didn't want to nice. we uh, had to no yeah. shout out to hex drone that is a diy story Built, mm. built their own drone empire from the ground up. Oh, I yeah, don't even no. know anything about Shout that. Shout out to Hexdrone. I'm a big, big fan. All right. Okay. They're, okay. they're all over, folks. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, don't even get me started. They, just thought, they all want to be robots. We have a friend, a mutual friend, a few of us. She absolutely hates robots. I think they're okay. I could see why you'd want to become a robot. Uh, that said, yeah. <laughs> no, let's, beyond... get into that. let's get into that, Michelle. No, no, no. The lots are pretty the, cool. The next step in I'll fighting COVID, it. becoming a robot. Yeah. I think worst case scenario is like what? It just looks like Death Stranding, basically? You call it getting force formed if you were turned into a robot against your Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, think we should, I think we can workshop it a little bit, but All yeah. Right. I'll, I'll, yeah, I think it's a good 
It's a good trailhead. Um, look, wow. I, I obviously don't give a shit about looking like a fucking Borg freak. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I've done that professionally on several occasions. Mm-hmm. Normal people care about that stuff, so yeah, I get it. You know, we want we want the civilian friendly masks. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, if you want to wear the fucking hazmat suit, man, props. I yes, wouldn't wear the hazmat suit, but the hazmat rebreather. Like, I mean, the thing is, if I wanted to go gribble mode, that's what I would go gribble mode with. Yeah, if sure. if acid and and yeah. stuff that tears through point. rock in seconds. Mm-hmm. Is it near my lungs? Mm-hmm. I'm okay with how that will fare against a pandemic disease versus sure. uh, versus long-term purchasing of like yard equipment. But that's me personally. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I got nothing against it. I got the gas masks yeah. at home, you know. I'm blessed here because we have low occurrence rates and they haven't went up in step with uh, the coastal rates going up. Mm. So I live in a fucking blip. It's really weird to see people walking around maskless in a city. Yeah, It's a small city, granted, but Jesus Christ, everyone I've known that has visited from out of state looks at me like a crazy person. Like a friend from Seattle came up recently and she was just like, they just do this every day. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, that you want to talk about uh, states' rights or whatever, the, the the governor decided that was a good fucking idea. Yeah, I mean, Texas not, is the same story. Plenty of states are the same yeah. story right now. However you may feel about that, uh, we're, we're simply anti-disease. Uh, and yeah, individual states, decision-making, effectively making the decision for other nearby states and cities, it's, it's, it's a fucking mess. I... Mm-hmm. I I really, I really am not a states' rights person. Like they say, <laughs> they they said that with they said that with fucking uh, gay rights. Obama uh, famously before you know, obviously the the decisions that happen under his administration. Just, yeah. he, he said, you know, leave it up to the states. I'll just say, having grown up in the southeastern United States, I'm very familiar with states' rights being used as a uh, what a, as an excuse what a, for many things. It was, yeah, no, no, just states' rights only sort of exists in an operatic sense, because think of, think of who you are saying that, and then like, okay, let's hew towards states' rights. States' rights, depending on which state Barack Obama would have grown up in, would have vastly affected his ability to become Barack Obama as the person we know now, a president, now former president. That's... That's that's not, oh, woe is me. We we have to make this a culture war thing. It's like your zip code determines your fucking outcome. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, that said, uh, yeah, yeah. No, states' rights, absolutely terrible. I am pro-authoritarianism. <laughs> in, in well, most it just goes to forms. prove that like, there's just no, like, Obviously, China, the United China, States, they're dunking the on United us every States, day. Right. It's, it, like, obviously, they're the Fortnite United States has existed with this, with this model for so long. There is no way you, you, you deal with a problem of this level by a state's rights. I just don't think it's logistically possible without death, that we're, like, without the death that we're like, literally seeing. Uh, oh, unless, 
you know, it's, it's not it's just the not... job of the fucking individual to know Ex- how viruses work. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just we have their entire national and separate international organizations to do this for us. You know, you can't you can't expect an individual American to know biochem and epidemiology while they're trying to work a nine to five job. It's yep. not their job. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's my distaste for this becoming a culture war thing, because uh, it feels as though it will be a preview for the future. The future sure. being, okay, uh, we've been seeing teases of this in the last 15 years, but uh, basically it's going to become unavoidable now, given we've had two years, but nothing to think about this. We're going to incorporate that scheme of thinking whenever we see mass climate outcomes, when it comes to Texas, when it comes to what's going to happen to Florida, when it Mm -hmm. comes to what's going to happen to New York. Uh, This will not be numbers in the thousands. Uh, It will be over a period of, God, what was it? One timetable I saw was 30, 60 years, 60 years of uh, one third of this country dying uh, screaming and in pain uh, mm-hmm. along the coasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, millions dead. Mil- millions with a capital M. Uh, which, granted, one of, the, one of the guys was a NASA guy that always sort of makes extreme estimations that are overestimates, but still, it's like, uh, there's no good outcome of millions. And uh, you're going to see your first... Uh, million under covid happened in this country mm-hmm. uh how that affects people's decision making and policy is why we keep reiterating of yeah sure individual action only goes so far individual altruism is possible etc but like the problem here is also uh not to get into a doomer mindset but you can make all of these preparations you can do all these things but it is very much mitigation because you could just get it from some other fucker that like took four flights in the span of a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. That's, that's the America you live in. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, like I, I don't like how this bodes in terms of uh, response to climate change. Uh, Well, sure. Yeah. It's a very, I mean, the echoes of you guys are on your own is very prescient or, you know, prominent there. Yeah. Like that's the problem with individual state policy and why I feel generally, however you may align politically, because I not a psychic. uh, What I would say is like, people always have all of these political resentments or whatever, say this or that broadly about the South, but you should really like, pin that on the elected leaders or whatever i don't believe in electoralism especially now but like you'd need to inform other people you know and not just like people in your inner circle but distant people just like any sort of sharing of resources because this is this is going to get much worse and uh the policy decisions will get more abstracted uh and you'll be made to feel crazy. I feel like a lot of people are being uh, made to feel crazy right now just because Oh yeah. You figure this is a slam dunk, right? Oh yeah, no. I have It's, we I have mean, the, it's something we that... have the amazing medical 
I'm sure uh, we could all talk about in the states, like John Hopkins. Well, I like visited near it once. Like that place is fucking crazy. But yeah, sorry, you were saying, Jake. Well, just that it's it's hard not to. I think if you are someone who understands a lot of what we've been talking about, and and kind of respects the the science behind it and the the whole idea of, of what of what these people are doing it's hard not to feel crazy um in a in a lot of different ways you know it, it, for me it's it's hard not to feel crazy when um you know i have to talk to my family about how i still don't think it's safe to travel home and they're like well we're just gonna have to commit to a new normal at some point and you know like that's its own little like bag but like eliza said at the beginning of the episode there's other people who feel crazy from having to get from having to quarantine mm-hmm. so there's like all this conflicting shit in the air that yeah I, you know people say oh we're going through uh uh, uh whatever a, a nationwide or a worldwide trauma like in a lot of ways like it's very true in terms of just how it's affecting overall everything in very minor ways um, but just, we're just all being made a- to feel a little crazy yeah just just to just to interject i i, I mentioned that because of there have been four separate instances we've talked about this. Think of how differently each of us reacts to death and talked about reacting to death. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we all had one this year, pretty much. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, Ruben, did you have any good deaths? Um, or were all bad ones? Uh, I didn't get a lot. Um, at uh. least not a lot that I wrote down. Let's see. We had a, uh, there was a heart to heart moments of a loved one uh making their will on the phone uh while thinking they're going to die so we had a close call okay close call unfortunately there were no good deaths damn all shitty people were more or less completely unfazed or got covid and didn't lose their mind for a year ruben you stay winning so Maybe soon. Omicron. We'll see. New meta. New meta. Well, that's what the new meta, new meta. That's what the, uh, I mean, that's what we're, that's what the episode's about is just going forward with all this shit. Like, like we said at the beginning, it's not going away. So, uh, well, you know, in the interest of, of protecting oneself, we're going to have to make these types of moves. Which, uh, I think it should also just be cooperation. I think a lot of people need to relearn like being in society doesn't just mean like uh, what you can get out of it, but also like what you have to offer it, what you have oh, to sure. offer other people. Yeah. And that means like cooperation I'm, with other people. Yeah. The only people in America that take care of others are the marginalized, basically. Uh, and honestly we're not that great at it right right i'm <laughs> speaking in very broad terms right yeah like just in fair terms play like, fair yeah, play. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously no one is great in america taking care of Oof. each other in a lot of ways yeah but sorry i was about no, to just, burst that bubble real quick for sure for sure like it is it's a thing but just yeah. to point to the the nature of our individualism in this culture it's like yeah i yeah i don't i don't see a lot of people that look like me helping helping other people out too often <laughs> Um, I, I I don't think it should be a prison, and instead it's just like uh, yeah. you see how it is now. People are picking sides. Yeah, uh, yeah. These are the people that made the clear and conscious choice to kill themselves and people around them. Is a rhetoric you hear from people, right? Okay? 
like capital U unvaccinated. Right, Whereas right. If you know about my home state of Michigan, uh, they are not great at on an administration level at anything in terms of rolling stuff out to people, uh, in terms of large scale relief of something. Uh, Flint, Flint, Michigan's water supply issue should have already been a window into how fucked up and bad this was going to be. Sure. Uh, case spike rates have spiked. I was going to visit my family. I don't really like talking about it, but I set aside some money. I couldn't. The case rates were too fucking high and would have been irresponsible. I could right. have brought something back with me. I mean, I had to have the same. I had just I had to have the same conversation about literally just going home for the holidays. Right. And and in November, when I was having that conversation, um, I was met with a little bit of, of, you know, chagrin. And, and then in the after, like two, two or three days after Christmas or even when I was calling my family on holiday, they were like, no, you were right. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um, like that's not patting yourself on the back or whatever. It's no, like, it's just it's just literally an example of what I'm of like how reality works for some of this. Yeah, you don't have to guilt trip yourself every minute of the day. Yeah, but how they talk you down from it is how they talk people down from individual car ownership and shit like that. Yeah, well, everyone is doing it in large enough numbers or whatever. But at the same time, uh, it, like. You live in a war with other people. Can you live with yourself if you affect someone's life this monstrously or whatever? Sure. We all have to make different individual choices on that. You guys talked about being in a restaurant or whatever. One of my side jobs is like I work in the food service industry. <laughs> I, yeah. I, You're literally I, risking yourself to work. Well, uh, uh, It is one of the few places where you would have a not insignificant amount of ways of getting covered by a uh, touch transmission mm -hmm. uh like in terms of that it i don't feel crazy or high risk because everyone takes the proper precautions but like i also am aware that that the chefs nearby while i do what i do uh they have some of the highest death rates in the country on account of covid mm. Like I'm sure all food, food service, service workers, yeah, grocers, yep, any anyone that provides you your food, it's nowhere near as bad as nurses. We'll say that full stop. Uh, but in terms of body count, people dying or whatever, uh, it's a high occurrence field. Like, it's it's difficult to live with a society with other people for a variety of reasons, but like. I, I feel like it's a test that many of us collectively failed. Uh, there was too much moralizing and not enough means to say, what, what is the quickest way to get you to shut the fuck up and cooperate with me? I will concede to whatever terms if the outcome means we aren't dead. Uh, a lot of people have lost that ability effectively. It's, I'm not going to commit too much more time to that but it's it's it it has been something i think a lot of people have had to come to grips with right now in a way they hadn't before yeah what what is living in a world with other people especially yeah. if you're a distant person yeah we've all had our our own ways of, of it's like it is it's something that like a lot like again i will bring it back to eliza's point of the episode you do have to have the perspective of what this is like for other people that are not you on all different levels. Cause like, I have also like, I take to the quarantine, like a fucking bear to hibernation. It's really easy for me. 
Um, I interact online a lot. I get to do a lot of my favorite things in home anyway, et cetera, et cetera. But for a lot of people I know, they're even like, you know, I, I think I, I've, I have people express their anxiety about going out um, like through me. I get asked by, by my family if I've been having enough IRL interactions. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what do you even, like, mm -hmm. I just kind of shrug those off because for me to explain what, how, why that's an irrelevant question to my family is like not, not worth the time whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the perspective I deal with, right? That's like, that's what they're coming to me with. And right. it, it's just such a, a, a great, it's such a, it, it is the only window I get into, oh, some people are out there really, really con like starving for some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know why, like, I literally never expressed that, like, I'm having a rough time. So the, the fact that I get that from some of my family is to me more of a reflection of their own anxieties. Cause I'm always like, I'm chilling, I'm doing great. And they're like, but have you seen your real friends? And I'm like, I talk to my real friends every single day. Uh, mm. I don't know what else you're talking about. Mm. It's a very strange, like, you know, mindset that mm -hmm. I've encountered. Um, and it's, it's one of that I can describe as, you know, definitively not online in air quotes. Um, and most of, a lot of people out there are like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Like um, your parents are just worried that you're just not getting your nut in. And they just really need to know. <laughs> what um, the fuck? If you're busted on the regular or not, they're super concerned about it. I've got to say, dating, my family, dating's a whole nother episode during the quarantine. I don't my, even want to. My, my parents did not inquire about that, Ruben. I I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, your parents couldn't give a shit. They're real busy. <laughs> For the record, I have one remaining parent. And Thanks, it's, man. And it's my sister who's also taking the other role of being concerned. Uh, um, fair play. But no, he yeah, was, it's it's yeah. He was talking to his his mom, who's like trying to get us to go to eat at restaurants and shit. And he's like, "There's a pandemic." Yep. And Did she's like, "Oh well, you know, your stepfather and your sister decided not to get vaccinated. It's their own personal choice. Mm. It's, their, it's their own personal. It's own personal it'll, journey. Yeah, yeah. They're they're on a journey, a non uh, an unvaccinated journey. And he was like fucking mad at shit at her." And she's like, well, it's just a, an, an amount of risk that you choose to take, you know, a personal risk that yep. you take for yourself. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You, This is like saying that just deciding to drive drunk is just Everyone's... a personal risk decision. Jake. Yeah. And, and her response to this was, what, you've never driven drunk? Not even once? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Jake, new merch idea. When you hear the word journey... You know, taco prices going to go up. Remember that meme? No. No. The one with the haircuts? No, you're way out. You're way the out. They them you didn't see the they them mullet meme? You're way out there, dog. I don't even I, know. Sorry. I'm well, familiar, no, it's fine. I'm familiar. It's a gentrification the... joke, just okay. as a shorthand. I'm yeah, yeah. I didn't make the meme, man. I've maybe, yeah, listen, I might, I might, I might like see it on, I recognize it on site or whatever. Oh, um, man. But no, dude, it's, it's like, I think Eliza, that anecdote kind of nails it to me because I had a similar conversation with my own father, re, you know, just like before traveling home, it was it, the line that I was given was, well, the flu kills people every year, too. Yep. What? What? What is that a marketing tactic? Like, what? Like, whose what side are you, are you on? Yeah, whose <laughs> side are you on? Like, listen to what you're saying. And that is that is what we're up against in the future. Mm. That's kind of what, you know, 
not like to kind of try to tie a bow on the app like that's what i want to avoid that's what i want our listeners to avoid that's what i want them to be better equipped to don't don't fall into the pocket of big sobriety drinking and driving (laughs) is okay yeah it is i mean it's fun it's fun it's it's, it's, it is quite literally of people every year but on the other hand it helps me get to work on time so (laughs) say if it's good or not yeah there yeah. it is. Americans are waking up and going, I'm okay with a 1% chance of dying today if I go outside. And Listen, that's a hard yeah, thing I'm, to contend with because at the end of the day, everyone has a less than 1% chance of dying when you go outside. Listen, if we could keep it at a, if my commute could be fucking so fucking clear, it was so sweet having my commute uh, in the first three months of me returning to work, just fucking no one's on the road. It's just me in the sky, baby. That was pretty fucking nice. If we could Hold keep on. it at that level, that'd be nice. Yeah, Michelle. Wait, wait. You're saying if you had to drink and drive, that if would we be had, setting? If we had to have a pandemic, you have to keep my commute real low. Oh. You can't put the cars back on the road. It's I just want to be out there. You had like the L you had like the LA Walking Dead Street. Yeah, it was fucking incredible. Hell yeah, dude. Full. That would there be were like sick. three cars every day, the commute. It's 7 a.m. Just I'm pushing out there. 90 to work. Three cars are going 95. <laughs> just like, <laughs> fuck it. Huge service trucks with two ladders on them. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. I don't go 90. I like to conserve my gas. But, uh, you know, have fun out there. <laughs> it's fun to get on an open road, on a, on a wide open road. After uh, midnight, most people go 90. But just it being just like, I'm going to work. <laughs> and just getting blown along. away. No traffic. It's pretty good. Yeah, we could have learned a lot from pandemic, and unfortunately, I don't think we learned as much as we could have as a whole. I'm, I'm you, sure a lot of individuals learned many, many things. You have to always start at Zanzibar, or at least get Zanzibar in the net, or yeah. they'll close it off, and then you're fucked. That's that's what I do know about pandemic, pandemic two, and I think it later got renamed Plague Inc. I know I had yeah, because there's a, a board phone. game called Pandemic. They probably sued the other one yeah that's isn't it, isn't it madagascar i thought zanzibar was oh madagascar, madagascar also fucks yeah <laughs> the good viruses an island, an island nation yeah it's like one my geography sucks it's oh that, my geography is god dog shit it's that like oh yeah australia is good to get but you usually want to start it in england uh with water droplets that's that's where your numbers are going. i always start in america because the uh there are higher tier nations that have like better health care so america has worse health care stats now especially because of covid their stats got adjusted <laughs> so they have anti-vaxxers oh, as a random faction event now as well that will okay. severely cut vaccine can you imagine working on one of those games at this time this day didn't they make a version of pandemic that's like balance patch guys we got oh, a no, pandemic you. is already about saving it's the, the online pandemic saving infecting everybody plague inc is about killing and then there's yeah. like plant there's also a pandemic they made a version of plague expansion. that was like not about killing people because it was uncomfortable or something like that yeah mm-hmm. i mean that that they did a uh private military contracting game where you sort of do your own little diamond dogs thing i think it's like rebel inc or something oh yeah rebel inc yeah, yeah. About CIA uh, overthrow coup. Well, yeah, yeah. On that note, sorry. we're talking about <laughs> video games, so I'm bringing in the closing. Yeah, we're I'm talking about in the armor game stuff. Yeah, um, no, uh, we've covered quite a bit about about the whole pandemic and about mass culture in this app, and I, I just mm-hmm. wanted to make sure we didn't have any loose ends because I think I think um, we've had a pretty good discussion. I guess oh. the only thing I didn't get to say was um, that's important. Is that yeah. 
outside without a mask, pretty safe. Oh, okay, yeah. A good thing, a good, generable, knowledgeable good. thing. If Absolutely. you want to hang out with people, go outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you just know, sit, even, sit away. And, and I mean, other. like, real outside. I mean, mm -hmm. like, not, not in a plexiglass box. That's not outside. That's bullshit. That's inside. Right. You're going to get COVID. Go outside. Go to a park. If they're, Touch if, grass, if, as they say. Unless it is, like, as hot as a sauna and you are in, like, a very, very dense crowd of people who are all not wearing masks. It's pretty difficult, pretty mm -hmm. difficult to transmit COVID outside. Not impossible. I'm never going to say that anybody's 100% safe, but all of the numbers, the data that we have right now as of today says that outside, it's really, really, really hard to get COVID. Mm. So even even eating and drinking. So right. go outside. Yeah, just have a mask on you for when you got to be uh, strapped, so to speak. The ventilation thing is huge, and it's one of the things that was very quickly buried very much at the beginning. Because I remember it's an it. Inst it's an yeah. institutional problem, mm. not an individual problem. Mm. So that's why it went away so fast. And that's why we still have businesses and grocery stores and bars with all of their doors and windows closed. Because I want to take a quick second to push going outside and uh, get into camping this year. Get a yeah. little stove to cook yeah. on. It's fun. What better time, honestly? Camping uh, is nice. Get into dispersed camping. Look up your local dispersed camping sectors. That's outside of a campground. Face your fears. Be alone at night in the woods. Yeah. Bring a gun or a knife or a sword. Whatever you want. Dealer's choice. Right. Uh, get out there. Yeah. Eat the darkness. Right. On that note, folks, uh, we are going to have three to four years until the supply chain is how it was pre-pandemic. So... Uh, try to make your mask purchasing uh, decisions in accordance with that, honestly. Uh, don't know how supply is going to be, but there will be a market for it. Uh, that's, and... that's the other really big reason to get yourself a bottom-of-the-barrel, common-as-shit industrial respirator. Those guys mm -hmm. use standardized filters that are going to be everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. You do yeah. not want to get some fucking Kickstarter third you know first party like locked in branded filter situation going on because yeah. you are not going to be able to get filters yeah that's not yeah. going to be reliable <laughs> they're going to run out of those stick to yeah. the um you want the universal shit to that end uh i would like to say yeah just just sort of the world you know is not going to really return to the way you knew it and when its supply chain goes back to pre-pandemic sort of availability of purchase uh it's gonna be a hot minute until like the scarcity problem that's been wrought by this uh you know does its you know sort itself out this is gonna be something tech sectors and many other sectors are going through shit tesla went through a recall now uh on that note drinking and driving is incredibly fun do it constantly uh back and <laughs> forth through yeah, every business yeah <laughs> I, take chances bitch. do you do you, do you want to meet paul walker or not uh, i am michelle perez as always i'm joined by my buddy jake my buddy ruben and my buddy eliza this is for now for the remainder of the whenever we sort this business out the working on it podcast have a great yes night. this is temporarily oh, working on it oh we'll find out yeah.